1: My name is X. My celebrity relative is. Who would you like to know?
0: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton, and I'm Kelsey McKinney, and you're listening to IcyMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture,
1: and today we are here with none other than you heard it, Kelsey McKinney, my close personal friend and the host of the incredible podcast Normal Gossip. Kelsey, welcome. Rachel, thank you for having me. I'm
0: so excited to be here on one of my favorite pods. What a treat. Oh, my God. Everyone says that. It's because it's true.
1: Well, luckily, you also host one of my favorite podcasts, um, Normal Gossip. And for our listeners who haven't had the joy yet of listening, which I'm jealous of, I wish I could listen to the whole show for the first time again. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about what Normal Gossip is? Yeah, Normal Gossip is a
0: podcast from Defector Media. I host it. Um what we do is we obtain gossip from regular people in the real world and then I anonymize it and then I read it back to you. So everything from, you know, when Rachel came on we talked about knitting circles, which was
1: a real trip. To, you know, Uh, stories about trips to Southeast Asia that go very awry. I cannot recommend this show highly enough. And I'm not just saying that because I've been on it and I'm a narcissist. Um, (laughs) But to give our listeners a little taste of what normal gossip is like, I'm going to ask you the question that you ask every single one of your guests, which is what is your relationship to gossip?
0: Well, um, my relationship to gossip is very different now than it has been in the past. I grew up very evangelical in Texas and was taught, you know, that gossip was a sin. That using that, like, gossiping with your friends is something that you should like pray to God to take away from you. So I spent, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my early life trying not to gossip all the time. But then also being placed into situations like prayer circles, which is where you're like, oh my God, my friend. Adria is just, you know, she's having this really big boy drama. So if everyone could just pray for that, that would be great. So, you know, (laughs) yes, it's like a double. It was was two opposite and opposing forces that were just pushing me toward more gossip. Um, Since then, I left the church and also left a lot of the beliefs that I had as a child behind. And now I host a show about gossip. So I think, you know, I've always been the friend who's like, what's the messy stuff? Like, what do you have? Mm -hmm. What kind of gossip has come to you this week?
1: I love this, not least because I am also a gossip monger. I feel like I fully came to realize that when I was on your show. But speaking of gossip, I have some for you. We're talking about a TikTok from at colored negro, which is a phenomenal username. And I can't explain this. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Darius, aka At Colored Negro, take it away from here. If your name is Elena and you live in East Tennessee, this video is for you. You better listen up.
0: So I was in Walmart and they were busy so I was waiting in the line to check out, right? And these two girls was ta- was dragging your name through the mud, I'm telling. And yes, I was listening to their conversation cuz there was nothing else to do. So one of them was a was a light-skinned girl with a black bob and the other one was a dark-skinned girl with 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 purple braids. And I'm not even going to throw
1: caps at you. They have the right to be So at you. Darius continues talking about what he heard blunt bob and purple braids saying about Alana, which is that blunt bob's boyfriend found a sex tape of alana on the boyfriend's phone and also that alana is stealing clothes from blot bob which alana's getting alana's busy alana's got a lot of time on her hands you might have to fight listen elena i don't know what you got going on in life but i'm gonna need you to do better because you got you got hoes out here trying to trying to kill you you better you better watch your back my fyp blessed me with this video because it knows exactly what i like but Mm -hmm. It also blessed me with the follow-up video from a woman purporting to be what? the aforementioned Alana. I wasn't even going to, like, address this,
0: but you want to talk all out on Walmart or everybody in the business and whatnot, so let's go ahead and clear it up. I told you I did not sleep with that man. I meant it. You have one of them community type of men, them for everybody type of men. The ones that you shouldn't be claiming, the type to keep in the house, because every single time he walk outside, he slip and fall into some... Yeah, Um, it was not me, but I hear the confusion because it was my best friend. So I wasn't going to say no. What a blessing. Truly. I also also just really like that you now have two people talking to millions of people on TikTok, neither of whom are the people who started this shit, right? Like Mm -hmm. she didn't send the nudes. The guy who posted this was not even mad at her. Mm-hmm. Right. So the two girls who were gossiping about her had no involvement in this, which I think is very funny.
1: It's like the originators of the gossip are just talked around. I will say that my interest in this <laughs> as it kept going, there was a moment I had where I was like, oh, no, should I know about this? <laughs> <laughs> Which I, of course, attribute to the fact that I'm, like, a good morally upstanding person who has, like, Mm -hmm. ethics and shit. But also to the fact that, like, gossip has almost become the currency of the internet in a way. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, it makes me a little uncomfy sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun to consume the
0: video. But if you think for, like, four seconds about the fact that this guy probably got a lot of followers out of Mm -hmm. this video that he could then in turn monetize, it gets a little
1: sticky very fast. And we're going to get into all that stickiness. On today's show, we're going to talk about how the internet has changed gossip, and importantly, how gossip has changed the internet. We're going to give a brief gossip chronology from Perez Hilton to, oh no, they didn't, to Dumois, and get into how social media has diluted celebrity, thus making all of us just potential waiting subjects for the viral gossip machine. Tired
0: of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person
2: anytime, day or night.
1: And we're back. Kelsey, I have to ask, what was the first site you feel like you visited regularly for that, that beautiful boost to serotonin that only comes from gossip? Obviously, gossip can come from friends, but the internet has made it so much more accessible.
0: Yeah, I was a child of the internet, right? So the minute my family got dial-up, I am old enough to have dial-up, I just spent all of our money being on (laughs) dial-up. And then I got in trouble for that. And then they had to limit my money with those CDs. It was terrible. But the the site that I navigated to second most after neopets.com was a site (laughs) called AGC, which still exists. Um, It stands for All Gossip Celebrities. And it is a blind item site. Where basically every month they start a new page and you can click on the month still. You know, it it looks like it's from, I don't know, 2004. It has Mm -hmm. some, you know, rotating PowerPoint art at the top. So that's very exciting. (laughs) But you click in and there's like just little blurbs, right? So it's like this A-list singer has, you know, been stealing things from Walgreens in her spare time. (laughs) And then you'll look and if they can confirm it somewhere else, they'll put that in the parentheses. So like some of the mysteries are solved, but some of them aren't. And like you can go back years and find ones that are still not solved.
1: Wow. Okay. I've never heard of this website before. I am now looking at it and I'm impressed not only by the PowerPoint art, but Mm -hmm. also by the fact that it goes back to 1995 Yeah, I'm telling you, my childhood, I spent on
0: this site. Like, should I have been there? Should my parents have learned how to check my search history earlier? (laughs) Probably. But it updates like every single day, which in the early 90s and mid 90s was not super common for like a little site with gossip on it. So that's where I I got my fix as a child.
1: So I kind of missed the gossip blog bubble by the time I was like coming up. because you're so young, (laughs) a beautiful youth. (laughs) But I don't think it was until I started reporting, like actually Mm -hmm. getting into my job that I realized the power of blogs like Perez Hilton or Reality Steve or Oh No, They Didn't. I obviously knew a Perez Hilton, but yeah, by the time I was aware of him, I think he was very much like everyone's like, he's gross. (laughs) What's going on there? (laughs)
0: It's funny because I consumed all these blogs when I was like too young to really know what was going on. So I was like, oh, you know, Reality Steve and Press Hilton, they're just reporting on their friends. They're just best buds with all these people. And that's how they get this information, which is um, what journalists call sourcing. Yeah. Later, later learned, learned that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's what's interesting about the gossip blogs of this kind of golden era, Gawker launches in 2003. Mm-hmm. Perez, Hilton, and Reality Steve launched in 2004. Oh, no, they didn't, which is Live Journal's biggest community still. Yes. was Launched by three teenagers in 2004 as well. And then D-List launched them. this year after in 2005. Like, everyone in these two years was just like, hey, hey, what if I made a blog? <laughs> yeah the golden age of blogging
0: like it was the era of Google Reader right so people were just spending all day at their desk jobs before their bosses like understood that they could access the internet just (laughs) reading blogs all day so there was an endless desire for content because you didn't have a phone
1: and you were stuck at your stupid desk doing your job you might as well read Gawker (laughs) and now here we are in 2022
0: with new Gawker The internet never dies.
1: (laughs) Oh, truly. Because gossip is kind of gossip, whether or not it's true. Like, to my mind, the assumption behind gossip blogs is that like 70% of what you see is true and the rest isn't. But that 70%, it hits. Yeah, you also see like the
0: first aggregation during that Mm -hmm. time period, right? Of like, we went to a party and we heard this and so we reported it. And then the next day it's on every other gossip blog. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, we read on Gawker this, Mm -hmm. and now we also have a take with some (laughs) extra gossip that may or may not have come from somewhere legitimate.
1: Mm -hmm. So then in a sort of proto-Dumois, there was, Mm -hmm. oh, no, they didn't which was the live journal mentioned, started by three teenagers, children, they are the future. But it was literally just (laughs) member submitted (laughs) posts. Like people would just submit their gossip, which was great and made it much more of a community level event than any of the other blogs. But also Mm -hmm. meant that you had no idea what you were getting and what was actually true. Yes. So we have this gossip infrastructure, which has given us these nuggets of gossip that have been lodged in our brain for Almost 20 years at this point. And for a while, as in 20 years, they really had a corner on the online gossip market. Like, they made Mm -hmm. news. They broke news. They became the news. And then social media came along and ate them for lunch. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't think any person born after, I would say, 1997 has any idea about any of these blogs. And they don't need to because... Social media sites like Instagram and Twitter and TikTok became the primary purveyors of gossip, celebrity or otherwise. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. And I have some thoughts about why this happened. But Kelsey, what do you think it was about social media that changed the online gossip ecosystem?
0: I think um, that people love to post and giving people the ability to post easily has ruined everything. (laughs) And I don't know why that that happened. But if you think about like blogging as an actual task that people did, right? Like you had to know basic HTML to set up a blog early on. You had to know how to like write decently. In the case of Perez Hilton Mm. and Reality Steve, you had to have some kind of access. You had to have information that no one else had. Now you can just blog all day by posting Instagram story updates and like no one can stop you and no one can check and no one even necessarily knows who you are and that's not really important to whether or not they believe your gossip but It's fascinating that like by giving by making the ability to like publish or post more equitable, you've also created chaos. Mm -hmm. Because where newsrooms have standards of like what they publish, the level of standard for publishing on Instagram is I don't know I felt like it. Which means that just (laughs) everything is everywhere at all times. And it's
1: completely unclear whether it's true or not. I think the Kardashians are the ones who really kind of ushered in this era in that they proved you could be famous just for being famous. It's a very Mm -hmm. chicken-egg conversation of, like, why are they famous? They don't do anything, but they're famous, so we know everything about them. Like, Kim was the first real influencer. There's really – no one can dispute that, unfortunately. Before that, if there was a random person who had no talent or skills and they were famous – at least you'd know they were, like, related to, like, John D. Rockefeller or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, they were least a Kennedy. At had inherited family money exactly. from At generations there was, of abuse. There was nepotism <laughs> involved. But now it's just like, well, they're famous and we don't know why, mm-hmm. but we have to cover everything that they do. And they've turned every single aspect of their life into fodder for gossip or social media content that then becomes reality television content. And then that becomes more social media content. And it's just this, like, Ouroboros of gossip. And I just... The, Kar- the Kardashians proved that, like, if you were willing to give up any semblance of privacy, you could be a celebrity. <laughs> if, if Nora <laughs> Ephron
0: coined the phrase, everything is copy, Kim Kardashian was like, everything's content. Like, yes. let's go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, I think people say that a lot, right? They say, like, Kim is famous for nothing. But I think... The thing that Kardashians do better than anyone else is understand how news cycles work Mm -hmm. and understand what people like to talk about and then give those things to them. So like the way they run their business now, their gossip business about their own family is different than it was when the show launched because they've learned new systems to incorporate the progression of the gossip economy, which is just fascinating. Like they're so good at it. It's terrifying.
1: They also understand social media on a level that I think very few people did at the time and just how influential it could be. And they've gotten to the point where they don't even have to reveal as much as they used to. But back in the day, it was really like, let me bear all, like, you will come to me. I just keep remembering the scene of when Chloe went to jail. Why did we see that? (laughs) Right? It's like all these girls
0: doing like what I eat in a day videos mm-hmm. or like my day in New York City, like they wish
1: they had what Khloe Kardashian yes. had, which is like, go with me to jail. Yes. <laughs> like- yes. <laughs> and I think we're getting to the the thesis of this conversation, which is that if anyone can be a celebrity just by being there, then everyone's a celebrity mm-hmm. just by being there, which means, ergo, that you, Kelsey, are a celebrity.
0: No, gross. Ew.
1: You're a celebrity. (laughs) We're both celebrities. (laughs) No. (laughs) When we get back, we're going to get into how this kind of democratization of celebrity has changed the nature of what constitutes gossip, which means, yes, we are going to talk
2: about Dumas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the
1: Hi, y'all. If this is your first time listening to the show, then I am so excited to have you here in case you missed it. Yes, I make that joke every single week. We come out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You're listening to Saturday's episode. On Wednesday, we had Allegra Frank from the Daily Beast talking all about the wild world of Elamir, a new multi-level marketing scheme that has taken over TikTok. You don't want to miss it. And we're back to talk about the death of monoculture. (laughs) Finally! (laughs) I feel like if I think about the most profound impact of social media, besides, like, fucking up elections for the conceivable future, but after that, it's Uh the death of monoculture.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking so much about this. Have you heard about this show, Claim to Fame? Yeah, vaguely. So it's hosted by the two least famous Jonas brothers, Frankie and (laughs) Kevin. Um, But they're not important to the show, really. The premise Mm. of the show is that each member in the house has some kind of claim to fame, which is Mm. that they have a celebrity relative, essentially. Oh. and they don't know who anyone else's celebrity relative is and the goal of the show is to figure out who the other people are related to and then guess them off, right? And the last person standing gets $100,000.
1: Okay. Honestly, I might check this out. I might check this out. (laughs) Yeah, it's good but it has kind
0: of like really solidified in my mind this idea of like the collapse of monoculture in that the people on this show come from such We don't know who all of their celebrity relatives are, but they come from such different parts of celebrity world, right? So like, so far we know someone is related to Laverne Cox, someone might be related to Brett Favre, and I think someone is related to Jason Aldean.
1: Who? Exactly.
0: (laughs) And so it's like you have someone who's related to someone who is pretty famous in country music, Jason Aldean, but he's not that famous to anyone who doesn't listen to country music. And so it's this weird situation where you're saying, oh, all of these people have a claim to fame, but the level of fame is so far reduced by now (laughs) that it's like, can you even expect the other 19 people to know who Jason Aldean is?
1: (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) It's funny because all the people that you're mentioning so far have what I would describe as mainstream fame, which is not Mm -hmm. online fame, which is even more... Stratified than yes. like music or entertainment or movie fame. Like, one of the question I think we get on the show the most often is Who is this random person who has 12 million <laughs> followers on TikTok? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know because a lot of people have 12 million followers on TikTok. <laughs> because yeah. Social media has created this whole new class of celebrities that can be famous without being ubiquitous. I mean, I feel like pre-social media, if you kept up with celebrities, you could usually recognize most of the people that would appear on Mm -hmm. Press Hilton, like the early days Press Hilton or like D-List or whatever. But now you can be us, which is terminally online,
2: true gossip
1: mongers, (laughs) mentally ill, and still not know (laughs) half of the people mentioned on a page like Dumont.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is literally just me tabbing over to Google so I can search people's names and figure out
1: who they are. I (laughs) never feel older than when I'm looking at Dumois. So Dumois' Instagram page with 1.5 million followers, that's private, fascinatingly, Mm -hmm. Um, and they describe themselves as, quote, curators of pop culture. More accurately, I would describe it as a firehose of information that just aggregates fire hose of gossip
0: (laughs) pushes you onto the ground you can't get up it's not even (laughs) (laughs) water pressure is way too high
1: Dumas waterboarding us with gossip (laughs) (laughs) but I really feel like Dumas has actually done more to dilute what gossip is than maybe mm-hmm. any other forum and I'm kind of offended by it. Like, why do I okay. care that Donna Teller Versace was buying Fenty and a Sephora on Fifth Avenue? Why do I care that Jamie Campbell Bauer is a nice person? That's not gossip. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> those are all things that are just, it's just information. It's not real. It doesn't have the real spark that gossip has and it's annoying because that's all Dumois does.
0: Right. And it's, like, where is the line between something that is newsworthy mm-hmm. or, at a lower level, gossip-worthy, and what mm-hmm. is just an invasion of privacy? Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's complicated. Like, it's it's a hard line to draw because there are times when someone being an asshole is gossip-worthy yeah. and you should send it to Dumas. Yeah. And there are other times when just, like, someone dropped their fork on the floor and asked for
1: another one. To be completely honest... All gossip is is an invasion of privacy. Like on some level, yes. And like not all mm-hmm. gossip is a social good. Some of it is, but some of the shit that appears on Dumois, just some of it makes me feel gross in a way that yeah. I feel like other gossip doesn't. And partially is because they're, I can't tell how famous some of these people are that are being, yeah. I don't want to say stalked because that's a crime, but like having recorded. their photo, yes, recorded. reported on. And it makes me feel uncomfortable because, like, monoculture celebrity is a trade-off in a way. Yeah. Like, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, they know. Tom Cruise specifically sold his soul to Scientology for a reason. <laughs> and it was so he could never peacefully Money. eat at a Chili's ever again. <laughs> and he gets- Just imagining Tom Cruise trying to order anything off a menu at Chili's. What do you think he would eat at Chili's? chicken cob salad (laughs) honestly yeah that's true those salads are (laughs) big best salad in the world but yeah he sold his soul for money unimaginable wealth and power but that trade-off does no like it no longer exists like you can end up on Dumois and still be broke and that feels yes it feels like you're getting kind of a raw deal (laughs) it's like I don't want to say it's about the collapse of capitalism, but it is. Kelsey, I'm ready to go with you on this journey, but please tell me how we get. How is this about the collapse of capitalism?
0: Okay. So, like, you used to be able to make money off of being a celebrity, right? Yeah. So, like, Andy Warhol's whole thing, right? 15 minutes of fame for everyone. That used to be paid 15 minutes of fame. And the trade off for that is you get less privacy. Like you were saying, you can no longer eat at Chili's. It's forbidden. <laughs> everyone will take your picture. You'll have a terrible time. <laughs> But now, because there was so much money to be made in that, and we've created a million other celebrities, there's just less money being given to them, even Mm. for the work that they're doing. So, like, I look at someone like Sydney Sweeney, who is like pretty famous to a lot of people, and she's still doing a ton of extra work on the side, right? Like, if you look at her Instagram, it's just tons of promotional posts.
2: Mm. And it's like
0: the reason she has to do this is because, like, that's what the celebrity economy is now it's no longer just like do your work and you get paid enough to keep making movies and then maybe once in a while you have to go do a chanel ad it's like no you need to be posting all the time you have to work all the time it's like hustle culture is now also coming for rich people which (laughs) is crazy (laughs) you should not have to hustle if you're famous
1: I mean, it's that's that's Cameo in a nutshell—the app where famous people yes. give you personal happy birthdays. That would not exist back in the day of like the golden age of Hollywood. But we're talking about people who are also signing up to be famous. So like Sydney Sweeney, um, people yeah. on Dumois, who I'm assuming on some level are signing up to be celebrities. Though I don't yeah, know because I can't enrolled name in Love half Island. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But now you can become famous without asking or wanting it. And that's yeah, this freaks even me out. scarier. I'm thinking of Couch Guy, thinking of West Elm Caleb, who mm-hmm. became celebrities, but not out of like anything that they were trying to do. In Couch Guy's example, his every move was just up for analysis in a way that people analyze like OJ trial footage because a video yes. the couch guy didn't post went viral. And I think it's because there's this way in which people are mistaking ubiquity for fame.
0: Right. I mean, in that case, in the case of couch guy and West Elm Caleb, it's not even not a benefit. It's active slander by strangers on the internet.
1: It's really wild the way that I think social media and the internet has allowed regular people to have a level of notoriety that was previously Mm -hmm. only accessible to celebrity, like real celebrities. And because they have that level of notoriety, I think casual observers feel entitled to know the details of anyone who has notoriety because they're like, well, they're in front of me in the same way that Beyonce was in front of me like 10 years ago. And I know everything about her, so I should know everything about couch guy.
0: I would even question that presumption about Beyonce. Like, why do you think that you're entitled to information about her just because she produced some albums you like? Like, that doesn't actually make any sense if you think about it. And I know y'all have talked a lot about parasocial relationships on here before, but there is a kind of tension, I think, that's becoming more and more common where people who are strangers to you, Mm. you have invented a world in which they are your close friends. You don't have a right to that information. You just feel like you do. And mm-hmm. like, those are not the same thing.
1: I really feel like given the topic of your podcast that we have somehow come out mm-hmm. against gossip and... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I need to... Yeah. So what does this mean? This like weird parasocial entitlement, ubiquity yeah. of celebrity. What does it mean? Should I care less about random people's lives? Because I don't think I have the ability to stop doing that.
0: No, I mean, I'm not um, a religious leader or any kind of moral guide, but I don't think that you need – I'm so sorry to tell you it this way, but I – I think that gossip is important and gossip is good. Like there are reasons that gossip exists in every culture and has forever. And it is that giving information about other people to each other is beneficial to us Mm. for the survival of our species, but also for people's safety, for making sure that you're all paid the same at work, right? There are a lot of good reasons to talk about each other. And if I've learned anything from consuming just hours and hours of people's gossip every week now for the podcast, it's that gossip is also a way that we teach each other to behave in the world, Mm. right? So like, even though Couch Guy, for example, is a situation that makes me severely uncomfortable, but I think that that kind of gossip can change the way that we we interact in the world and change the way we interact with each other. And in that way, like, gossip can do – a lot of good. I heard from someone yesterday who told me that they had some family gossip and I was like, "Please give it to me. I would like to have some family gossip." And I saved it for you, Rachel, because I knew you would want it. Oh my and god. And what she what she said was that her grandfather had died like a few years ago, and she went to his house to like get some things and she found a recipe book oh. in, you know, the back room. Mm-hmm. And she was looking through it because she was like, maybe there are some good recipes in here. And she was like, oh, my grandma wrote all these recipes. And so she took the book to her grandma and she was like, grandma, like, when did you write all of these recipes? And her grandma was like, I didn't write those recipes. And she looked in the front of the book and the recipes were written by another woman <gasps> who her grandfather had had an affair with. <laughs> Kelsey!
1: I know. And the moral of that story is to read your recipe books. But Wow. wow. I was like, I don't know what the moral of the story is, but I'm I fascinated. I want to hear more. I think more. The, real, the real moral of the story to me is that
0: like that girl can tell me that gossip and then I can tell it to you because it's her gossip to tell, right? Yes, it's her yes. family. She found the book. She can tell me and say, you can tell whoever you want. And then I can. Because, like, I have license to. And I think if you're trying to think about, like, what are your morals from a gossip perspective, it's like you don't get to ask people for gossip and you don't get to demand it. But if someone is giving it away, Mm -hmm. who are you to say no to that?
1: Alright, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a little morsel of gossip. Please leave a rating and review in Apple or Spotify, and tell your friends about us. Tell your friends of friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore which is also where you can DM us your questions or your gossip. Please DM us your gossip, also at ICYMI
0: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. See
1: you online. Or in the comments section. Quinto can run me over with her car. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't apologize. you fill it
0: up with gas first. No, truly. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I will charge her electric vehicle so she can run me over with the car